Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. And also the pastor at St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District. We have a very special guest with us this morning. He is truly the hub and foundation of our Catholic schools nationwide. We welcome Mr. Lincoln Snyder, President and CEO of the National Catholic Education Association. Lincoln, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Yeah, good morning. Great to be here, Father. Thanks for joining us. And we also welcome back to our program, the Superintendent of Catholic Schools, uh, Michelle Peduto. Good morning to you, Michelle. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Father Burke and Lincoln. Happy to be here. We also want to thank our generous sponsors of Catholic Education Plus program here on KDKA, Sam and Judy Spanos, and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. Lincoln, let's first let our listeners know a little bit about you. Uh, You were the superintendent and the executive director of the Diocese of Sacramento, California schools, and you also have a vast experience in leadership and business with a connection uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, can you tell our listeners this morning a little bit about you and your Yeah, friend? happy to. Yeah, I like to think of Sacramento is kind of the Pittsburgh of the West. You know, we're a me- medium-sized uh, city, uh, but uh, like Pittsburgh, we uh, have a, a bishop there, Bishop Soto, who's been rather forward-looking and trying to find new and innovative ways to support Catholic schools. So um, <clears throat> I am a product of the Sacramento Catholic diocesan school system, went through a parochial school, a Christian Brothers High School in Sacramento. Uh, graduated from Georgetown here in D.C., um, you know, spent a total of six years in Poland, and that's a story for a whole other podcast. But uh, on returning to Sacramento, found myself employed by my alma mater, Christian Brothers, which really started a lifelong connection uh, in uh, Catholic education. So very, very happy with uh, where Sacramento has led me back into back into the church, into Catholic ed. And then, uh, yeah, my Pittsburgh connection. I have, well, a step-grandfather. Um, no longer with us, but was uh, born in, raised in Pittsburgh. But also, uh, my aunt Irene Tedro uh, was a graduate of uh, Carnegie uh, Mellon at a time when most conservatories would not take actresses as students. And so she was born mm. in 1906. And so she traveled from Denver, Colorado, all the way to Pittsburgh to go to Carnegie uh, for her uh, conservatory training. She was a stage radio a film and television actress her whole life as a character actress, you know, until she died in 1989 and uh, was always very proud of the education she got in Pittsburgh. 
That's great. So there's that Pittsburgh connection uh, with her. And she was a trailblazer back then, uh, attending uh, school at Carnegie. Uh, I love uh, visiting state capitals. That's one of my hobbies. As a, um, I've done this even before my priesthood. And I visited 49 out of 50 state capitals. My last capital I need to go to is Honolulu, Hawaii. So I've been to Sacramento, very beautiful city. Um, and uh, a lot of the orange trees on the on the property there at the state capitol there. And there's a um, statue, I believe, of Junipero Serra uh, there at the state capitol. Yeah, and unfortunately, there was, you know, there was, years ago, right. it became a flashpoint. You know, the, the bishops of the state of California have done a very good job of trying to tell the story of the, the Franciscan missions, which are very much mm. central to the history of California. And, uh, you know, the native peoples have a very different take on the saint than yeah. the Catholic Church does. And so I know it's with the, the bishops in that state have been working very hard to come up with a, a fair a fair view of of the saint and the activities of the the missionaries under Spanish rule and and uh, you know come come out um, and as a positive thing in terms of relationship with native people. So it actually was one of the really neat projects we got to work in in Sacramento was this this native peoples project. Oh, great. And Juniper Serra was the founder of all those missions going up the uh, California coast there. So um, now can you give our listeners a little overview of what the uh, NCEA is, uh, the National Catholic Education Association. Uh, it's a remarkable organization in a wide reach. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that program? I'd love to. Uh, NCEA is the association uh, for the nation's Catholic schools, everywhere from preschool and early childhood education all the way through 12th grade. So the the, the day that they graduate from high school, um, you know, we have a separate association for our Catholic colleges and universities. Uh, but we're very proud of our tradition of service to Catholic schools. We're founded in 1904, and so uh, NCEA has been there through much of uh, much of the the history and legacy of Catholic education in the United States. Um, we have 5,920 member schools in the U.S. Uh, there's about 1.7 min- million children in the United States now in Catholic schools through 12th grade, and growing for the second year in a row. I might add. So. Uh, uh, you know, the association plays some special roles, you know, of course, uh, for, for us in the church, uh, we're a church of subsidiarity. And so, you know, we know that local control is where we start, you know, for us as a national organization, we do have some things we do uh, for the system. We're the keepers of the census. And so every year we we take a census of our students in Catholic schools and, you know, we just put out a data report showing that we're up again for a second year in a row. Uh, we do work and support a public policy behind the scenes to make sure that you know, in particular laws when they're reviewed at the federal level, uh, preserve our religious liberties as, as Catholic schools looking to, to do things like hire for mission and, and uh, you know, form our and govern our communities in the way we, we know is in keeping with the beautiful tradition of our church. And then professional learning. We, uh, you know, really our charism is one of conveners. So we love bringing together Catholic educators and all the people that support them so uh, we can connect them to the, the people and things they need for, for excellent schools. Now, I want to address uh, Michelle and Lincoln uh, to this question. You both had a chance to gather in person recently down in Washington, D.C. for the Catholic Leadership Summit uh, on Capitol Hill. Uh, There was a huge coming together um, of all the Catholic schools, superintendents across the country. And we shared this uh, a few weeks ago on our program. Uh, It was a particular importance uh, coming out of the pandemic 
to come together to share resources. So, Michelle, can you just add uh, your experience to the summit there in Washington, D.C. a few months ago? It was October. It feels like it was a year ago now, but it was just October that we were there. And Lincoln and his team did an incredible job organizing this. Um, We had some days of just sessions where we were talking about important policies and uh, we've talked on our program here about the NAEP results and and how well the Catholic schools did there. Those were some of the topics that came up. But one of the most powerful days was the day that we all went to our respective um, legislators up on the Hill, and we moved from office to office discussing those things that were important to Catholic schools nationally, but also Catholic schools at the local level. And and how could we work together with um, these folks to enhance the, what we're offering our students to get to our students the appropriate services that they are entitled to. And we had great leadership from the NCEA team, even in a little coaching on how, how to go about this and how to present this in a way that uh, would be collaborative in nature. So it was a wonderful, it, all of the leadership summits that NCEA does, they're incredible. They are incredible. So. Lincoln, you want to give your thoughts on the summit back in October? Yeah, we take a lot of joy in in bringing together all of the superintendents. There's 175 dioceses with schools in the United States. And so we're, we're a big organization. And you know, for me as a superintendent, the, we call it the Catholic Leadership Summit was always the opportunity to find, uh, you know, find a lot of joy in, in being with, you know, my, my, my tribe, so to speak, of, of fellow superintendents who are you know, facing a lot of the same challenges and, um, you know, and doing the same ministry. And so uh, bringing those folks together uh, is is and you know, b- being able to be the host of that uh, is is really one of the great joys of the job. Yeah, it's good to have everybody come together. And obviously, the pandemic was a time of uh, nas- national learning loss uh, because of uh, the kids um, being disconnected, so to speak, and learning remotely and not having that interaction interaction. Yet our Catholic schools were less impacted compared to uh, the public schools and other private schools. Um, And when you look at the benchmarks like the National Report Card, um, the the Catholic schools just blew it through the roof. Why do you think this was the case? Lincoln, I'll ask you. Yeah, I I think there's three things that we learned from the pandemic is one is that uh, teachers matter. You know, we have 148,000 Catholic school teachers uh, nationwide, and they're most of them are not in a union. They're not doing it for the money. Uh, they're doing it for mission and for the kids and for the church. Uh, and they were the ones who were the first back in person and stayed in front of children all throughout the p- pandemic offering in-person instruction. And so, uh, you know, they, they, we are here to form servant leaders in Christ and our, our teachers modeled that beautifully for our kids. I mean, I'm just, as a ministry, it was a, it was a tremendous moment, but you know, that, that told, taught us to the teaching matters. So, so it's the teachers themselves, but the fact that our kids were there in person and continued to learn, um, you know, we, we are very proud of those outcomes. They reflect the commitment of our, our teachers. And then the third, communities matter. The fact that, that we really had this strong sense of community and, you know, the NCEA, we're not the boss of all the schools. We didn't tell everybody you got to show up on day one. 5,920 school communities independently decided to come back as soon as they could. And so we just know that our our church uh, has communities that are all in for their kids, and and so we we think that that our kids doing so well academically 
really is a reflection of all of these things. You know, it's it's the teachers, it's the learning, it's the communities themselves that 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 kept our kids going during the pandemic. Absolutely. And it just amazes me. You hear all the news reports of uh, some of these school districts behind, but the Catholic schools blew it through the roof. It was awesome. So kudos. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. And welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Parish in the East End and St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District. And this morning, on this first Sunday of Lent, we are talking about Catholic schools nationwide, and I'm really honored uh, to have Lincoln Snyder, the President and CEO of the National Catholic Education Association with us, along with uh, Michelle Peduto, our Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And as we are talking about uh, the pandemic and how the test results uh, in the charts, uh, the Catholic school students always had a wonderful positive report card. And not only were the test scores positive, uh, there was also a significant uptick in enrollment in Catholic schools nationwide. And we know the world today is not always an easy place for our young people. And many families are turning to our Catholic schools as an avenue to navigate through these difficult times. And especially during COVID, when a lot of schools were closed, the Catholic schools were open. So a lot of people came in. So Lincoln, I want to start with you first about the significant enrollment pretty much nationwide uh, was an up, upbeat for Catholics across the country. Is that true? Yeah, it's very true. So we've had our second year of growth. We're now at 1.94 million kids, 1.694 rather million kids in our Catholic schools. Uh, we saw growth pretty much everywhere. I mean, th there was a lot of movement of people within the United States. So there's a couple of areas where we're down, but that's mostly tied to people having moved out of some of those big cities and gone to the suburbs or to smaller towns. Um, so, you know, we're very excited by this news. And, and uh, you know, even the places where, say, the population of a city um, dropped, our Catholic schools held pretty steady. So we're very proud. Um, but within that, Father, there's two things that are really exciting for me. Uh, one is that people came to our Catholic schools because they were open, but they've stayed because they fell in love with the community and the teachers and everything that the school does for their kids. Right. So that's been really exciting. People could have gone back to tuition free public schools, for example, after the pandemic, and they didn't. They've stayed well into the mid to high 90s uh, percent retention, which is really exciting for us. And, you know, that that's related to the second piece. You know, we uh uh, we're really viewing this as an opportunity to evangelize. You know, we have uh, more non-Catholic families or maybe um, you know, families that aren't in, is, haven't been as engaged in church life and are, come into our schools because they were open. Uh, but because of that, we've seen all of this uh, uptick in things like convalidations of marriages or RCIA programs or you know, all this really neat stuff that shows that that the schools are becoming a way for us to get these new families more engaged with the church itself. So yeah, we're very proud of the fact that they came, they stayed, and they're really they're really uh, following with the, not just the school community but with the church. Michelle, you want to give the Pittsburgh perspective on that? Oh, oh I, at a micro level, we've seen the same thing here. At the local level, we've seen an uptick right up during and after COVID. We've held our own with that. And I think one of the most, we talked about community earlier, but one of the wonderful pieces here too, our parents really became even more than they normally are. The outreach for our schools, reaching out to other families, inviting them in, come see what we're doing at our school. We're open, right? During COVID, we're open, come in. And so they really worked hard 
to be that bridge between the school and some folks that weren't in our schools before and perhaps didn't even look at our schools before. And all of a sudden they were hearing from other people about how wonderful it, it was, how, how great it was for the kids. And I think we do stress the academic side of the advantages for being in person for our students, but we cannot neglect the socio-emotional side for our students and how important it was during that very challenging time for them to be in person, in school, with their fellow students, with their teachers. Um, and I, I think that's what parents wanted then. And I think they see the benefits of that now and the, the community nature of our schools and they're staying with us, which is so encouraging and definitely part of the evangelization work that we're doing in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And I can echo that as a pastor of two inner city parishes here in the city of Pittsburgh in the East End in downtown, uh, my three schools, I've seen the increase in enrollment just over the last couple of years, a lot of non-Catholic families have stayed, which is remarkable. And they're really enjoying the, the friendships, the family and the, the values uh, with that and the safety uh, and the love and nurturing that maybe they weren't necessarily getting at their previous school. So kudos uh, to everyone for making that. Let's now dive into uh, the reason of the faith. Um, how does a Catholic education help students in the more difficult areas of our world today? Obviously, there's a lot of challenges with social media and moral issues. Uh, Lincoln, I'll start with you. Can you share any examples in your own experience how Catholic education helps our students in these challenging times? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough time to be a kid. You know, we, we talk a lot about this uh, in our professional learning. In fact, uh, you know, Gen Z and mental health is going to be the lead keynote topic for our, our convention this year in, in Dallas, uh, Texas, uh, this Easter week. So you know, we, um, things like social media, isolation, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion around, you know, the, the, the human person, um, you know, so all of these things are very well, and, you know, we're in a pol polarized country uh, in, in many ways politically. And, and so, you know, we, we try to always emphasize that with our kids in particular, um, two things. One, they really are made in the image and likeness of God. And that, that Christian anthropology, the fact that they're, they're in this world, but not of it, and that we do believe in a soul, and we do believe that, that they're called to uh, be saints, um, is, is what's core to our message. Um, and that, that ties to almost all of our schools have some sort of motto that reflects the notion of forming servant leaders in Christ. Every community has their own way of expressing it, that they think is the secret sauce of, of their school. But the truth is they all do it, whether it's men and women for others or enter to learn, leave to serve. Um, you know, that notion of servant leaders in Christ is really what's exciting about Catholic education for me personally, certainly. And I know for our leaders too, you know, our, you know, the way we tell little kids, this is that um, God loves you so much. He wants you to do something great for someone else. And, you know, in a time where um, a lot of our uh, worst instincts seem to be, um, reinforced or we're worried about the state of the world, you know, giving that kids a, a message of joy through uh, serving the Lord, um, you know, really is, it's, it's a message that, that will always be crystal clear. And we, we really see families buy into it when they experience it in our schools. Michelle? Yeah, absolutely. Agree a hundred percent with everything Lincoln said. Um, it is a tough time to be a, to be a child and they're, they're, having to make decisions that they've never had to make at such young ages. They're developmentally sometimes not even attuned to making the decisions they need to make. And in addition to that, we also provide support for the parents. And 
I'm older, so I, I get these these parents are the, the ages of my children, my grown children. So I also recognize that they need the support too, right? It's a partnership. We, we, we say that over and over again, a partnership between our schools and the parents in helping them and they help us educate. We also act as a resource for them in, in, uh, in these very, very challenging times. Definitely is a challenge. I want to add uh, any closing thoughts on the future of Catholic education in the world today and tomorrow, Lincoln? Yeah, I think that our schools uh, aren't, they are for the church and they are for our families, but they're also for the nation. And we know our kids learn things like discourse and dialogue and leadership and all of these skills that we know that the country really needs. Uh, This has been a great time uh, and I think a rewarding time for a lot of our Catholic educators to be in Catholic schools. Uh, You know, these have been tough years for the country, but, but it's been a shining moment for uh, certainly for our educators and everything they've done for our kids. And so, and we're just really grateful for the opportunity to, to, to offer witness. Catholic education is key to our church. It is the greatest evangelization tool that we have. It is a treasure to our families. It is a treasure, I believe, to our church. And I have to trust in God that we have a very, very bright future. That's great. And I want to thank uh, Catholic Education Plus sponsor Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh for sponsoring us. Lincoln Snyder, Michelle Peduto, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment here on KDK Radio. This week in our plus segment, we are featuring the first Sunday of Lent. This past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. We began the 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Jesus goes into the desert uh, and experiences the temptation. And every first Sunday of Lent, we read from sacred scripture, either from Matthew, Mark, or Luke, uh, Jesus's uh, travel to the desert to be tempted. This year we hear Matthew's version. And the devil tempted Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. He tempted him uh, with food to turn stones into loaves of bread. He tempted him with comfort to throw himself off the parapet of the temple. And he tempted him with power uh, to worship the devil and everything would be uh, the kingdom for his. But Jesus offers the kingdom of the world true sonship in obedience to God the Father. And he he came to bring peace and eternal life. And I think as Catholics and Christians in every human being. We all face temptations daily in our lives. So as we begin this Lenten journey together for the next 40 days and 40 nights, let's really think about some internal changes, making some positive changes with ourselves, maybe to pray more, or if we can attend mass on a more regular basis, or come to uh, Stations of the Cross, or Eucharistic Adoration, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, anything extra that we can do the next 40 days to make this Lent a positive experience. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus. We'll be back in two weeks. I'm Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.